You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Monsters! Monsters from the id! Alan Seiler. Oh, the pain. The pain. (laughs) And Veronica Daschle. Go, go, Power Rangers! (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And as if you might have guessed, we're not talking about Star Trek tonight. We are what? right. We're voyaging beyond Trek uh, and talking about some of the other sci-fi shows that have inspired us over the years, particularly when we were young. Uh, other shows that we've loved all of our lives. Um, and I love you guys' little intros. And Veronica, I love that you brought one to the table that I had never, I would never have thought of. Like, <laughs> I could have named sci-fi shows until I die and would Same not have here. gotten the Power Rangers. <laughs> hilarious because almost all of the fight scenes for the first like three seasons were literally stolen from the Japanese version. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, I was, I was a few years older than I still am Just a few a years bit. older than you. Yeah. And um, that has not changed. <laughs> yeah. And so power Rangers missed me. What is it about power Rangers that, that you love? Um, I, I think it was probably the fact that they were teenagers and fighting to save the world type of thing. Cause I was also into animorphs, mm. which was, teenagers that turn into animals and save the world um, from alien invasions. So um, I think that's what drew me to it because that's what a a lot of what I read was teenagers saving the day. Saving the day. (laughs) Right. Well, Alan, was Power Rangers top of your list? Oh, absolutely. You you know it was. I have seen a combined maybe 15 minutes of Power Rangers in my life. (laughs) <laughs> oh really Com- yeah. maybe 15 minutes combined <laughs> yeah I'm so that's up. like catching it when you flip channels and then you may flip channels another time four weeks later right yeah. right yeah yeah they just they never appealed to me and i don't know because uh charles you said you're a few years older than her i'm a few years older than you so and i'm a few uh, years older than you we got so, it all covered yeah so they, so i don't know if it's a generational thing or just a preference thing they just never did anything for me because i've seen a lot of them i've seen the original some of the original japanese for me it just it it just never worked but you know i know they were so phenomenally popular have you ever had something where you wish you liked something because everybody else did but you don't uh, no. I always, uh, I've always felt left out of Power Rangers because everybody loved them and everybody's doing that, you know, weird fighting stuff. <laughs> and I just go, okay. <laughs> right, right, right. I love that people of different ages come to this with with different things, different touch points. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, absolutely. You know, I had a, a my friend Benjamin on Facebook said, um, I think it was boy, um, Bobby Neutron. Jimmy Neutron, Jimmy Neutron, Jimmy yeah. Neutron, Jimmy Neutron yeah. and um, that was a little after my time. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I love it. You know, whereas I'm, what, 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 what shows um, sprung to you guys' mind? Okay, guys, just just real quick, uh, Power Rangers and Bobby Neutron. We got to take this thing back to the 20th century, like to the early 20th century. So hang on to your hats. <laughs> Let's do some black and white up in here. Right. Yeah. Right. What do you got, Keith? 
Uh, one of my favorites, and I hate to do a space theme because it ties so much into Star Trek, but it was a really, really good cartoon that I watched as a kid. It was a cartoon called Space Angel. Okay. And I've never we, heard of that. Yeah, we probably should have been able to do pictures. Space Angel is... And it's a, it's a series that lasted for two years, 1962 to 1964. And it's about a trio of people, a guy called Space Angel. It's kind of cool. Space Angel has an eye patch because, you know, back in the day, everybody who had an eye patch was either evil or super cool. Right. So he was super cool. There was a, a lady as part of the crew. And there was a, a guy who was the engineer. It's gosh, this is another one reference that nobody will get. But maybe Charles and Alan. It was they had this really weird look where you'd see their animated faces and but they didn't move a lot, but the lips kind of moved. Well, uh, yep, there was another cargo. clutch cargo, right? Yep. And honestly, there's not a lot of what you would call really good animation. A whole bunch of this is there'll be an animation of the ship. They'll, you'll see the ship, and the ship looks like it's being dragged across the screen instead of a lot of animation. But what's so good about it? is for the early 60s, this is a, a science fiction show that really kind of took itself seriously. It wasn't goofy monster of the week shows. It was fairly dramatic. The spaceship was an old classic. It was the old needle spaceship that looks like you know, the old rocket ships and had the big fins on the back of it. Yeah. It, it was a, it's a very serious and, and fairly mature show for the time, especially if you look at science fiction from the 40s and the 50s where it was kind of goofy and, and bug-eyed monster. This is one of those cartoons I put in the same class as movies like Forbidden Planet and stuff where they're wow. trying to be a little more serious. It's not as good as that, but it's very good. I absolutely say, recommend giving it a look. I think it's even on Amazon Prime now. It's called Space Angel. Interesting. But you, yeah, you got to lose all the love for the modern animation and stuff because it is not <laughs> super sophisticated animation. Yeah. You, as long you as it's telling a good story, though, I think that's yes. the important thing for me. Yes. You, you you had sent me some links to it, and I haven't had a chance to watch watch it all yet. But yeah, it's it's got that sort of clutch cargo style where it's not animated really; it's more yeah. still frame. Um, but you know that's that was Saturday morning television in yeah. 1962. You know, right, <laughs> right. Let me. Well, what about uh, you, Alan? Well, let me oh, get ahead. a few comments first because some of these pertain to um, our first topic which came from veronica so we've yeah, got i'm i'm super blind even with my contacts and or glasses um so i was i saw what looked like power rangers because there was what was maybe a p and maybe an r and i was so that's why i leaned forward Ribbon. oh okay <laughs> so our like, first what are they saying so our first comment is well i'm gonna read them to you so you yeah. don't even have to have eyesight sorry that was <laughs> okay our first comment is yes anamorphs Hey! Yay! Matt, Matt Sweatman says we had Japanese shows such as Battle of the Planets and Star Blazers as a kid, sort of our mm -hmm. Power Rangers. I remember Battle of the Planets very well. I don't know Dude. Star Blazers. I'm, Star I'm Blazers. Star yeah. Blazers original was Space Battleship Yamato in Japan. Oh, I know that name. Yeah, yeah. and it was redone. And and dude, you just you just recalled yet another part of my youth because when I was in junior high and high school. Star Blazers and Battle of the Planets came on back to back on local television. Wow! And and before that was Flintstones, and <laughs> and Speed Racer, and <laughs> Battle of the Planets and Star Blazers. Man, that those are great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Pausing for just a second to respond to the person that said, "Yay, Animorphs." Okay. Animorphs me... is probably my deep dive into science fiction because my family was mostly a sci-fi family aside from star wars which 
is mm. kind of fantasy. Um, <laughs> they were a fantasy yeah. family. They yeah, were we were a fantasy family. family. But Animorphs oh. is like the reason I started going online. The reason I learned to code HTML from scratch at 11 and was building websites and is the reason I was on online. Most of my um, online names are fr- through Animorphs. So wow. seriously, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know there was a character in Animorphs called Veronica. There was not, but I had a giant crush on Marco. <laughs> I don't know who that so, is. So Veronica, <laughs> if you like, that's interesting. Uh, I didn't know that Animorphs. Is, th- is there any Star Trek analog to that at all? I don't think so because the bad guy there was like they had crazy aliens. Um yeah. so I mean there was like the Yerks, which are the symbiotes, but the the bad guys and they basically take over the body and make you do things. And then there was <laughs> Andalites, which were like dear human people with also eye stalks and great big giant <laughs> eyes, and they were blue and they ate by running around and and their hooves getting up the grass because they didn't have any mouths and they only communicated telepathically. And wow. then there's the, there's the wow. here. <laughs> like these seven foot tall creatures with like blades everywhere, but you later find out they're peaceful creatures and they use those blades to jump jump from tree to tree in their natural yeah. home world. So yeah. yeah. Animorphs would have missed all of us because it was a, a YA book series. Yes. Yeah, like I haven't even yeah, I yeah. have not read this one. Yeah, because yeah. you were an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, comments. Um, yeah. Mystic Force Power Rangers theme song was the best. Okay. Mm. Oh boy, okay. we can do a whole show on that theme songs. I, <laughs> I missed Power Rangers. I was too old for them, and my son was more into Yu-Gi-Oh. Boo. Okay. I like <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh. Boo. Boo. I don't like kid. Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if all these Facebook users are different people or not. Yep. Um. Oh, I love Jimmy Neutron, says yeah. one Facebook user. Yep. Possibly a different Facebook user says, Animorphs was one of the series that got me into reading for fun instead of just school. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yes. My buddy Kim Swanson in Tennessee says, Lex, when sci-fi brings in the devil, it's just <laughs> diabolical dialogue. <laughs> Wait, wait. Are you talking about that sci-fi series, Lex, L-E-X-X, that mm-hmm. used to come on yep. Friday nights? Yep. yep. Oh, man, dude. I tried two episodes of that and could never watch that. Somebody <laughs> tell me what's good about that show. Uh, scantily I, clad ladies when yeah, I was okay. like 16. <laughs> That's what I remember. And if you remember, Lex was on back in the great days when um, Stargate, I think, was on Showtime mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. And then, gosh, what else was on? Warehouse 13 was coming back then. That was I when sci-fi loved, was good. I love Warehouse 13. Yes, yes. I loved but that show. There was a lot of good stuff on. That but sure I didn't was. Think, yeah, but I didn't think Lex was one of them. But, wow, interesting. Okay. We clearly have at least two different Facebook users, yeah. or one person is arguing with himself because <laughs> <laughs> hard disagree. Power Ranger Zio had the best theme tune. Oh, we're about to go okay. with the theme tune wars. Zio hey, is where I kind of fell off. Ah, it's worth noting too that if you've not authorized Streamyards to display your name, then it won't. It'll just show you as Facebook user. So if you want to be credited for your comments, you can also add your name. Um, or if yeah. you want to be anonymous, that's perfectly fine too. Yep. Um, another Facebook user says currently on Australian free to air TV is Buck Rogers in the 25th century and the Bionic Woman. 
Yes. Yay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, in America, uh, at least where we are, Comet TV mm-hmm. shows uh, the Six Million Dollar Man and the yep. Bionic Woman at something like two or three in the morning, Sunday mornings. Uh, I watch them because I have them set to record. So I've been watching those. Those are great shows, especially this, especially I just rewatched the Six Million Dollar Man pilot a couple of months ago. I watched the first season. That thing was a whole lot better than I remembered. Mm-hmm. Very because it's very serious. Now, the original book no. was called Cyborg. And yeah, I really hate the name Six Million Dollar Man. But uh, <laughs> the first two or three episodes are really good. That, that's that's good television. Still, what would, what would he be worth now with inflation? <laughs> oh, you know what? On that, uh, what was the show with Katie Sackoff? Where they, it was the kind that of was continuation. The woman. They put her price in the billions, which would make a lot mm. more sense given yeah, what you'd yeah. have to do. Yeah, yeah honestly, be more like. Of, yeah, that was the era of TV shows that was on in reruns when I was a kid. I was born in 1980, yes. so through the mm-hmm. 80s, all of those shows were still airing. So I would always catch those. And Knight Rider was big. That was a oh, new yeah. show when I was a kid. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Those are great. All right. Yes. Uh, I was going to say one, one thing real quick for the six million dollar man love. Uh, you, if you love that, you remember the famous six million dollar man versus the seven million dollar man. <laughs> one million better. Right. Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, that's, that's true, Veronica. <laughs> All right. Randolph Croom says, what? Eight with their hooves. What a concept. I agree. That is really, really creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt says, I remember seeing Lex DVDs. I've never seen them. It seemed somewhat naughty. It is. Yes. It is. I think, I think they I've wanted I've only people- watched like one episode, but um, yeah. Gina Torres. Is that, am I saying no. her name right? No. What am- You're saying her name right, but she's not in that show. <laughs> but that's not? not the right person. <laughs> Why did I think she was in that? Who You're was thinking in that? of Cleopatra 2525. Oh, which is great. Yeah. Okay. Which was great. That was a wow. great show. A great camp show. I love Cleopatra twenty five twenty five. Randolph also says yes. Warehouse thirteen. Elaine says, "I was just going to ask if Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk would fit here. I love those as a kid." Um, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, superheroes falls into sci fi more than fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like teen, I think, when those shows were happening. I watched them. I yeah. love them. Yeah, and it's but, really. You know, in the, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, really, any show that was your gateway into yeah, sci-fi exactly. and TV, television. I mean, back then, we you, you didn't really get to be choosy. What was on TV? What was on TV? You know, <laughs> absolutely. Kind of spoiled parents now watched. that you can just watch whatever you want, whenever you want. But back then, what was yeah. on TV was what you had to choose from. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it mentioned. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Alan. Sorry. Okay. Mentioning Wonder Woman and Incredible Hulk. That that reminds me of two things that I used to watch when I was a kid that I didn't think of when we were prepping the show. So this is like total top of the head thing. But <laughs> it was Saturday morning, live action mm-hmm. mixed with animation, the mighty Isis and Oh Shazam. yes. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. I love, I love those shows so much. Oh, yeah, Holy Mighty smoke. Isis, and she's, you're right. Those are great shows. I was up every morning, uh, Saturday, watching those, uh, Alan. The the guy who used to play Billy on um, Shazam ended mm-hmm. up, I think it, that was the guy, ended up being a florist. And he owned the company, and he, like, serviced the, like, Beverly Hills, like, the rich part of California. <laughs> and I've heard this story from Sharon Osborne that they would use this this company and 
the guy himself would come to their house to make deliveries and Ozzy would answer the door. And then he'd turn around and say, Sharon, Shazam is here. Gosh, for those of you who didn't see that Shazam show, just let's just say back in the day, Winnebago's and campers were really big and TV because <laughs> <laughs> they drove around the country. And, and I guess the Winnebago. And you remember the, the chant he used to do, Alan? Sort of. Sort yeah. Of. W- it was weird because, as you said, Billy would go into the camper and he would want to consult with the men from whom he is, uh, the, the name Shazam came, Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, uh, Achilles, and Mercury. And he would go under and he would go, oh, elders, fleet and strong and wise, appear before my seeking eyes. And then, <laughs> and then they I can't believe really, you remember that. That's how much I watched that show, dude. I haven't seen that show probably in 20 years. I still remember that. Yep. And then uh, they would show the animation and they would give him. And I think also, for those of you too young to remember, there was this real weird period in the 70s where after years of glorious violence like Tom and Jerry and Popeye, the country started doing theme cartoons. And Shazam became one of those theme cartoons. And then for about, gosh, almost 10 years, you guys remember everything after that had to have a theme like cooperation was good, violence was bad, smoking was bad. Shazam mm-hmm. was one of those. So every show, they were basically, Billy had to learn a lesson. Right. Um, and I, well, we're not really young people aren't listening. I miss the days where it was just kind of mindless <laughs> violence. <laughs> it didn't have a lesson. And that culminated in the famous G.I. Joe. Now you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Back to comments. Real quick. Um, Kim says, would the prisoner count? Yes. Yes. What a phenomenal show. I love the prisoner. God, it's so trippy. Yes. It's such a mind bend. Yeah, it is. God, I love it. Then it's taking that secret agent format and doing something really weird and cool with it. Yeah. Did y'all watch the the prisoner as young kids? Could you get something out of it if you were young? I was a kid. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I was probably 12, 13 when I saw the prisoner. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Same here. It was it was a I watched it. It was a weird show. And that that ball that would encase mm-hmm. people scared the heck out mm-hmm. of me as a kid. <laughs> that was yeah. really effective. <laughs> yes. <Right. laughs> okay, Matt says up until the late 90s or so, I'd watch any sci-fi on TV, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're there. Same here. Yep. Yeah, and there was so little on at that time. Is that so? I mean, there's like a a glut of sci-fi, fantasy, superhero television yes. now that mm-hmm. was not the case when I was growing up. Same well, here. I was we, growing up at a really cool time because the Sci-Fi Channel. I mean, we get we we started getting yeah. that I guess in '93, so I was probably 12. Mm-hmm. And yeah. okay. from there on out, I was just addicted to that channel. I mean, you could watch any old sci-fi show. Like one Saturday, I spent the entire Saturday watching a Logan's Run, the series marathon for 13 hours. And my, wow. it was a joke in my house, like, where's Chuck? Oh, he's in there watching sci-fi. And I would just <laughs> watch all of his old so Land of the Giants, Land of the Lost, all that stuff. Uh, I love it. Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Yes. Yes. So I'm thinking maybe this is why I missed a lot of this when I was a kid, because we never had cable at my house. We mm. didn't have video games yeah i mean like so i watched (laughs) i watched gptv and pbs and that was it and i was allowed to watch the channel 36 and channel 69 on saturday mornings and i was allowed to watch lois and clark and murder she wrote with my parents on sundays (laughs) 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 until i was about like 
14, 15, and then I would also get like afternoon cartoons when Spider-Man and Iron Man were first coming out and doing their <coughs> cartoons in the early mid-90s. Yeah, right. well, yeah. by the mid-late right. 90s, when you were a teenager, a lot of that stuff was going to cable channels because you had all these specialty channels like the Sci-Fi Channel that right. were airing this stuff. It wasn't just in yeah. the afternoon anymore like it used to be in the mm-hmm. 80s and earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was growing up, you only got that stuff on UHF with the mm-hmm. loop antenna. Which right. nobody remembers. <laughs> <laughs> right. And local stations. Not growing up, there was a local station uh, called Channel 11 in Dallas, Fort Worth. And on Sundays, right after, fortunately, right after church, they used to show science fiction movies. So I used to watch all that kind of stuff there, Veronica, because there was no cable. And that's where I watched stuff like Day of the Triffids and The Creature from the Black Lagoon and all those other mm. old classics. Yeah. So, yeah. My early sci-fi goes back to extreme black and white. Or yes. Early, early, early sci-fi. It was blacker and whiter. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of that extreme stuff. Black and white. Uh, my uncle had this huge VHS collection. I had an uncle who was single, and his VHS collection was stored in my grandmother's basement. And we used to joke that it was like a video store down there. And I had to wow. run the place. And it was everything from Betamax to VCDs to Laserdiscs to tapes to every format. Wow. Because he he had the money to do it, so he had the money to back then when that stuff cost money. And I mean, I watched the Planet of the Apes movies off Betamax tapes. And oh, so good, <laughs> yeah, Man. so good. Um, all right, let me get. We've got a stack of comments. So okay. Awesome, let me get them. All right, Mork and Mindy. Yes. Yes. All right. Not that I've uh, seen it enough yet. Nanu, Nanu. Yes. The problem with Lex was they changed <laughs> the lead actress so many times. Michelle Ryan was the lead in Bionic Woman reboot. Oh, I remember Michelle Ryan. Michelle Ryan and uh, Katie. Yeah. And Katie Sackhoff was the first experiment that failed and she was kind of half nuts. Right. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. That was a great show that never took off, unfortunately. Um, My buddy Michael Phillips says that for him, it was the Avengers. And I want to give a plug. Michael Phillips has written a book about the Avengers. It, It chronicles the entire series. Um, every episode, including the lost ones, and I will not remember the name. I'm so sorry, but search <laughs> Michael Phillips and Avengers, and you'll find it. And you should buy a copy because it's fantastic. We're talking about the the British the, spy Avengers, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And yeah. Emma yeah. Peel and Patrick Mc, uh, what's his McGowan or McNee? I always get the mixed McNee. up. McNee, yeah, McGowan yeah. was in the Prisoner, right? Right, right. 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 <laughs> the Avengers was was cool. That's that's cool. That was cool oh, yeah. spy stuff. Absolutely. Um, it was cool, like Mission Impossible cool, which we don't do. We don't have a lot of cool nowadays. So I'm glad <laughs> you brought up the Avengers. We have action packed, but cool yeah. and slick. <laughs> right. They were cool and slick. Right. All right. Uh, love the cameo of Linda Carter in Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. 100% agreed. The only good thing that's about a- that movie. Mm, okay. <laughs> not, not that I'm disagreeing, but you know, yeah, off topic. Uh, Matt, Matt, Matt Sweatman says, I am so in tune with Alan and Keith. I watched all those shows. Heck yeah, man. That awesome. Was, that was a great childhood. Yeah. Facebook user says, This is a great forum, but I need to go. Thank you. Thank you, host. See a Facebook user. You're I hope that's only hey. one of our many Facebook users that <laughs> is leaving. And anyway. Michael says the first two big shows I remember watching when I was a kid were Six Million Dollar Man and Bionic Woman. Awesome. Absolutely nice. Randolph Crim says I remember watching The Prisoner in the '60s as a kid when we only had about four channels. Yes, sir. 
Ditto. Sequest. 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 I never watched that very much. It was next reason. gen underwater. Yeah. <laughs> I never I never for some reason I never watched it. The great thing about Sequest is it got weirder every year, I guess. They didn't get the ratings. And so <laughs> yeah. yeah, it starts off just pretty much standard sci-fi in the future, taking right. yourself seriously. Then pretty soon you've got, you know, genetically engineered people and a guy with fins, and then pretty soon they're in space, and then they're 10 years in the future. And it's just like that the show just yeah. got wilder as it went along. You know, and, that's not unusual. And yeah. it featured at least at least for a, a while, featured one of my absolute favorite actresses in the entire world, Stephanie Beecham. Awesome. That's right. Because she, she was on a lot of stuff back in the day, yes. too. Yeah, she really was. Yeah. Uh, I, I adore her so much. Um, Chuck, I'm yeah. sorry, Chuck, you, you real quick, Chuck, you mentioned all that change. Roy Scheider, Roy Scheider who was no yep. you know slouch of an actor. After a while, he's like, I can't hang with the show anymore. No, he, he, <laughs> yeah. had very, he had no interest in sci-fi and that kind of. He was like, this is all baloney. He did right. the show. I guess they paid him enough to do the show, but he didn't stick around with it for very long. Right. No, he did the first two years, and then Michael yeah. Ironside took over in the last. Yeah, year. yeah, yeah. Who was awesome? Yes, just as all an right. actor. Almost caught up. <laughs> Matt Swetman says the truly rare sci-fi shows that my parents would watch. Uh, what my mom loved Twilight Zone. So that was an extra special for us. Now, Chuck, I know that Twilight Zone is one of yours. Yeah, that's one of my favorite shows of all time. That was yeah. My uncle had the entire VHS collection, but also it was on TV all the time. And if yes. you catch the right holiday, you could just sit and watch it um, until your parents made you go to bed because it was still yes. paying twenty four hours. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, I think Rod Serling and Gene Roddenberry style sci fi sort of ruined me for other things because it, i mean every story was not just about the plot every story is about yeah. something some nature of the world yeah. or human existence or or human nature yeah. you know and that that stuff was huge for me growing up right and, and i know love, that go ahead, go ahead i love that whole anthology setting i yes. love uh it's basically reading a collection of short stories you know yeah. i love novels but there's a there's a very specific craft to short story writing and right. that's exactly what these shows were like. I, I agree. love them, love them, love them. Go ahead. I agree, because yeah. Twilight Zone and Outer Limits had real authors like Robert Block, as well as people mm -hmm. extensively trained in TV writing. And I think yeah. one thing we've talked about before, so many of those people back then, they cross-pollinated from everything like uh, Outer Limits to um, Twilight Zone, of course, to Star Trek. And uh -huh. that's why even to this day, I've been saying sometimes I have difficulty with some of the newer track writing only because maybe I'm so steeped in that Twilight Zone writing. And right. Because they were so good. But yeah, I used to watch that all the time. And it's an off topic because it's kind of not really, it's really going from science fiction. But then I graduated from Twilight Zone to Night Gallery. And there are some episodes there that still creep me out to this day. That was that was another good one. That's not science fiction. That's really horror. Right. Yeah. I, I, I never really got into Night Gallery because it mm. wasn't the Twilight Zone. And I was, right. you know, to me, it was just like, this is not as good and it's in color. So I I, never, I, I need to go back and watch Night Galleries so, because I've heard good things about them. It's good. But, you, but did you also watch um, Outer Limits as much as yes. Twilight Zone? I, not I a, as so. much, but yeah. I did also watch it. Those outer Limits is good. Yeah. Yeah. But There's... they weren't doing Outer Limits marathons for New Year's no. and things like that. Like right. Twilight That's Zone true. Was, was everywhere. Yeah, and it's so cool because if you watch even just those two or three shows, just Twilight Zone, Outer Limits, and Night Gallery, you'll see like every track actor who was, who was also, of course, back in the day, was in every western, every medical yeah. drama, every cop show. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. Outer Limits was a great one. There's one about, I'll just say about these killer giant ants with big teeth that still mm-hmm. creep me out. And I think you guys know the one I'm talking about. Is that the still Zarby Misfits? Hmm? Is that the Zarby Misfits? Yes, good God. The outer Limits. Those little, like giant ants <laughs> with human faces. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that one. To this oh. day. Yep. Oh, man, yeah, they, they creep awesome. me out. A friend that's of mine rude. texted me a message one time as a joke. And I opened a message when I was lying in bed, and it was a picture of one of those things, and I literally screamed. <laughs> that's a good friend. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, three more to go, and then I'm going to do my my pick for my big okay. show growing up. Okay. Since you asked me that question 20 minutes ago. <laughs> okay. Michael Phillips says, oh, Alan, you knew just what to do. Yes, I did. The book is called Quite, Quite Fantastic, The Avengers for Modern Viewers. So. Search that title or that author name on Amazon and you'll find that book. I highly recommend it. Matt says, Sequest was a good example of TNG success led to a boom of TV Mm sci-fi. This is one I missed. Yeah. Yeah, you can still stream it. It's on Peacock, uh, Sequest. Um, Oh, is it really? I hadn't noticed that. Oh, sweet. And he's right. There was this huge boom of sci-fi yes, in the 90s. Was. Some were good. Yes. Some were Space Rangers. <laughs> but there was, but it was really entertaining to watch. I mean, there was always time tracks and sliders. Yeah. And I love those shows. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. And the last one for now. Twilight Zone <laughs> was like a mini noir epic every week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We have 30 seconds to describe Thunder Talk. We got big interviews. Super rad music. What proud members of the ESO network? Yeah, they're probably going to fire us. I wouldn't blame them. We've got jokes. Adult jokes. And nerd junk. Woke nerd junk. All the woke nerd junk. Find Thunder Talk on the internet. And the ESO network. Ta-da! <laughs> All right. So since Chuck asked me 25 or so minutes ago <laughs> what my show was growing up, I think most people know this. I've mentioned it on this show before. And I said, if I had every bit of money in the world, I would build an exact in every detail replica of the, the ship from this show. And I would live in it. And it's lost in space. Mm-hmm. And I have awesome my lost in space lunchbox. Awesome. Oh, Look at wow. That. Oh, awesome. Look at that. that. Is so cool. And I have a, a quite a collection of Lost in Space robots. <laughs> I brought I, mine too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. I loved that show so much. Okay. So here's, here's a story from my childhood. I was not a reader. And I know that's weird since I ended up working for a publisher and in bookstores and now a library and I write books. (laughs) I did not grow up a reader. And my mother, so I I watched when I was really little, I watched Lost in Space um, on network in first run. But my uh, most memorable experience with it is in syndication afternoons after school. Um, when I, I still love the show. And I think part of it was that I was almost exactly the same age as Billy Moomy. So Will Robinson was 
a kid my age who was having these space adventures that I wish I was having. And I connected with that kid so much. Mm. Like, that's what I wanted to be. You know, when I grew up, I wanted to be a space guy. <laughs> um, but I would, I would refuse to read. I just hated it. Really? And my mother, my, yeah. And my mother would hold Lost in Space, which came on at four o'clock in the afternoons, ransom. <laughs> and she would not let the TV be turned on until I read at least a, a, a page or a couple of pages of a book. Wow. Awesome. And I would, and I would pout like this, <laughs> but the, I would watch that clock and it would get closer and closer to four o'clock. And finally I would start reading like this <laughs> just so I could watch lost in space. <laughs> and, for, <laughs> and for those of you too young to remember, if Alan had tried to sneak and watch the TV, his mom would know it because later on it would be hot. And that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole other thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a phenomenon that does not exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, Al, let me ask you a question. Um, Lost in Space was by the great, the late great Irwin Allen, who yeah. did Time Tunnel, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, Towering Inferno, all yeah. these other things. Yeah. And one thing that happened when he was doing all those TV shows is they all had pretty strong first and maybe second seasons. And like what Chuck was yep. saying about some yep. other shows, about a third season, every other episode was an alien wearing that aluminum foil spacesuit <laughs> or Loch Ness monster or something. So, and Lost in Space is famed to cl claim the fame is the horrible episode where Dr. Smith was turned into like a living plant by that man wearing yes. a giant carrot suit. Yeah. Did you, did you still, <laughs> did you still watch the third season and would you watch it again now? Oh, oh yes. So let me tell you <laughs> the arc that this show goes on. And first of all, yes. that was the final episode. And yes. the guy who wrote it went to Jonathan Harris and he said, I am so sorry about this script. I, I literally <laughs> could not think of anything else. I've written every story for this show that I could possibly write. That's wow. all I've got left. Dude. Um, so the first season, which was in black and white, was was much more serious. Phenomenal. It was really well written. It was well Phenomenal. thought out. The characters were great. The second yep. season, Dr. Smith, the robot, and Will took over the show, and yeah. it got silly. Yes. The third season, it it hits a balance between those two. There's a lot of silliness and there's a lot of really silly episodes with those three, mm -hmm. but mixed in there, there are some really, really good television. So season three has a lot of my absolute favorite lost in space okay. episodes. So I, I, yes, I absolutely watched the third season. It sort of rebounded from the, from the gutter that it fell into in season yeah. two. And to piggyback on that real quick, cause I, cause we could talk an hour about that, but like you said, Let's the do. first yeah, the first season was interesting because there's just no way around it. Dr. Smith was murderous. End yeah. of story. He yeah. literally was yeah. trying to yeah. kill that entire crew. And even when they, I, I remember when there's a whole episode, doesn't kind of make sense when John falls off the ship and falls. John leaves the ship and fall, he crashes on the planet. Dr. Smith, who has control of the robot, has the robot come out with a helmet from a spacesuit and crushes it. And then he says to Major West, Imagine if that were your head. Yep. And if you remember yeah. when they first crashed on the planet, Dr. Smith programmed the robot to every night find a, a member of the crew that was alone and kill them. That was how that show started off. And the only reason he was about to kill Will Robinson. And, the, and I don't know if you remember this, Alan, but 
Earlier in the day, the robot had huge lightning that would come out of his claws. Yep. The only reason he didn't murder Will Robinson is this weird thing where Will Robinson's voice sounded like Dr. Smith's. Supposedly, <laughs> the timbre, that. that was what happened. But the first season was incredibly good and serious. They even had mm-hmm. Michael Rennie from uh-huh. the day the earth stood still as a, yep. being called the keeper on the there. keeper yep. that just was my favorite yes it was a two-parter yes. and it yes. had a ton of monsters on it and when yeah. i'm like six years old i was all about the monsters. yes <laughs> right um yeah yeah so uh let's see matt Swetman says lost in space another show i watched with mom oh, Elaine man. says so do you like what they did with the lost in space remake on netflix next question <laughs> I do. I I couldn't get into it. I tried. I, I tried so hard. I like I it so the, much. Go ahead, uh, uh, Charles. No, go ahead. Good. Uh, real quick, I like it so much, but I got to say something sacrilegious. I enjoyed the movie with uh, John Hurt. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Matthew LeBlanc um, uh-huh. and Mimi actually, Rogers and Mimi Rogers. Yeah. Um, I actually Lacey Chabert. I am Bill Mooney. I actually like that movie. Gary Oldman. Yeah. I actually everybody. enjoyed the movie. Heather right. Graham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a flop and people say it sucks, but I thought it was pretty good. All yeah. things considered. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, ha- it had its moments. Um, Elaine says, uh, oh, wait, we did that. Sorry. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Veronica? What? I was just laughing at you. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate welcome. that. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook user says, we used to watch, want to watch Lost in Space on Sunday mornings, but my mom always made us go to church instead, so we almost <laughs> never got to see it. Oh, that's so Aww. sad. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus wept. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was so, terrible. Ellen, I was I was kind of the opposite of you. Like I was I was a reader, not yeah. initially. Like I didn't really start reading until I was eight, um, because I fought my mom over it. But once I started reading, I was reading everything. And that's where yeah. most of my sci-fi was, was in mm-hmm. reading with Animorphs and Diadem and in the Ender's Game series. And um, mm. there was a Christopher Pipe uh, YA book. And I always forget the name of it that has a yeah. like, hourglass and there's a girl on it. But um, almost all of that. my sci-fi was through reading. And that's mm-hmm. all, all I did. And so I missed a lot of the tv shows that were going on um in yeah. the in the in the 90s my little was... sister read a lot of christopher pike books and every time she was reading one i would tell her that's a character from star trek and she never cared <laughs> <laughs> wait this is hey okay is this real there were ya christopher pike books there yeah. was a, an author named christopher pike and he actually chose his pseudonym oh, from the character okay. of star trek um, okay yeah, christopher pike was the name of this he would write books it wasn't about christopher pike Okay, gotcha. This is something else I've never heard of. Um, so a- another show that I really liked, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because it it sort of has a connection to the Animorphs thing. Okay. Space 1999. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to ask about that. Was her name Mara? Uh, Maya. Maya, yeah. And she came in season two, and uh-huh. there was this big shift between season one and season two because Fred yeah. Freiberger. They they hired yes. him on because they were like, "Can you make our show more Star Trekky?" Yeah, <laughs> you did such a good job on the third season of Trek. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. So I guess he came cheap. I don't know. He was like oh bargain. Um, and so he was the one who came up with Maya because he wanted to have a Spock character on this uh, moon that flies around. You know, I didn't know and this. So 
And she, uh, her special ability was that she could, uh, she was a metamorph, so she could transform into any animal form that she chose. And so, so, okay. she, was, so, so she was anamorphing all the time. Yeah. So was it she could just turn into whatever she knew? Okay. So with the animorphs, the other interesting thing is they actually had to touch the animal to get their essence. So um, every time trying, they change or just no, the first time? Just the first time. Okay. So them turning into lions and bears and gorillas was a hilarious yeah. um, initial story. <laughs> and I don't know that she could turn into anything that she knew because she knew a lot of earth animals. Yeah, she's always a panther and stuff right, like that. Exactly. That was a, that was a big <laughs> one. And, and a hawk and shit. And I'm yeah. like, how, how does she know this stuff? <laughs> the best so, Space 1999 episode is Dragon's Domain. Oh, you got me, Charles. Domain. Look up Dude, Dragon's you got me. Domain. I was going to say that, yes. That is a wild episode. Yes, it, it holds is. up really well. It yeah. does. It does. There's a, there's a lot of uh, writers that, or and directors, too, that most people know from Doctor Who that wrote on that show. So mm -hmm. if you dig Doctor Who and Blake Seven and all those sort of related shows, a lot of that talent was behind the scenes on on Space 1999 as well. Wow. Terrence Dix wrote for it. Um, a number of the directors uh, worked on that show, too. So, you yeah. know, Whovians should enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. And if you get into those things, you start getting to those six degrees of separation because Space 1999 yeah. starred Martin Landau who yeah. some people really wanted to play Spock in Star Trek. And then his wife, Barbara Bain, was on the show, and they yeah. were both also part of the IM force on Mission Impossible. And yeah. so there's all this connective tissue. I had an Eagle model when I was a kid, the spaceships that they used. I love that thing. Me yes. Too. I had those great. like those like um, not polar lights. It was a company that preceded them, but I had like these mm -hmm. little model dioramas of like whole episodes of lost in space. And I had all the, the, the Eagles from space 1999. Oh my God. I love them. Yeah. They were great. Love them. They were great. All right. Chuck and Veronica, y'all need to jump in with some more of your shows. Yeah. I mean, the Irwin Allen shows were always playing on yeah. sci-fi channel when I was a kid. Uh, and I brought my yeah. land of the giants trash can yes. I have in my bedroom. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I love you know, that shows. same I design. Even when they went corny and crazy. Yeah. Cause they were yeah. colorful and fun. Go ahead. That same design was on the lunchbox. The, the, like, oh. you know, back at the time the show was on the air lunchbox. Right. I had yeah. that lunchbox. Awesome. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned land of the giants, Charles. And I think one reason I loved all those Irwin Allen shows, land of the giants, lost in space, um, um, voice about the sea is even though they became camp later in their first seasons and stuff, they yeah. really were trying to be serious. For example, mm -hmm. if you ever land of the giants, they were on a passenger ship that did basically suborbital flights. They would go up into low earth orbit, hit hypersonic velocity and come back down. Something we're still trying to get right to this day. Yep. But, the, but, but, you know, that was kind of realistic because, you know, they had stewardesses on there. It was basically a passenger ship. And then they right. went into some weird warp. They also <laughs> had for the 60s. I mean, you remember how they always had like the grappling hook that was a giant safety pin and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. I got to say the effects they did. <laughs> for making that world look giant were pretty darn good for the 60s. Nope. I they agree. did a good job. Yeah. I, I agree. And the giant hands. <laughs> that would <come> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Man, I what love you, that show. Did you guys watch Battlestar Galactica? Of course. Uh, yeah. I, I even watched Galactica, Galactica 89. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Vodka 1980. I, I also watched that. 1980. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a 1980. Not as good, but it was still fun. Right. And then um, every morning, the Sci-Fi Channel would play Land of the Lost before they would play it at eight o'clock, which I had yeah. to be at school, so I had to set the VCR every single yeah. day to watch Land of, uh, Land of the Lost. And I loved that show. And I became convinced that the little ape men, the Pakuni, that their language was a real language. And I had a notebook and I was like writing wow. down the language. My brother used to make fun of me. He was like, they're just making ape sounds. That's not a language. And I'm like, it's real. It's a real language. So when I grew up and found out they really hired a linguist who came up with like 500 words. And I was like, I knew it. I was right. It was a real language all along. You were vindicated. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I watched that, it. It was one of, I never loved it, watched it. Well, it was one of those Saturday morning kids shows that was just yes. way smarter than it needed to be. I <laughs> mean, David yeah. Gerald ran that show and he had people like yeah. Larry Niven and Theodore Sturgeon and Dorothy. Ryan run, they're writing real sci-fi stories for right. that show. Exactly. Yeah. But but so it the, still had the tone and the flavor of a kid's show. It, it was yeah. made for kids to really enjoy, but to really think about too. Yeah, you still had yeah. Dopey the dinosaur and she would feed him berries and, and yes. meanwhile they're like learning about you know temporal rifts and things like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Universes. Right. So you had what was the guy's name? Was it Enoch, who was the Enoch. advanced? Yeah. He was the flea stack from the future. No, he was the flea stack <laughs> from the past. That the past, that's right. He thought that's right. he traveled into the past and then he found out he traveled into his own future and his people had yeah. descended into savagery. And yeah. that was just, it was I mean, that's great. Like heady sci-fi yes. stuff for a Saturday really? morning kids show. Yes. And the the funny thing was the, the I forget the young the man's I forget his name but the actor on the show is the young man with the curly black hair and uh -huh. he was in the first season or so when he left the show he uh, played well, if I'm the dad or the son the son it was the son not the dad it was yeah, the Wes, son Wesley Ure was Wesley in all Ure yeah. Yeah. yeah he played uh, well no not the okay there's the guy who was he was old he's like in his twenties had curly black hair that was on Land that's of the Lost was that's probably the dad then. He was, he played, um, he was a heartthrob at the time because he played Mike Brady on a soap opera called The Days of Our Lives. And it was, it was a kind of a big thing when he was cast on the show because they were trying to that's, bring in. That's got to be Wesley Yore. Yeah, that's got to be Wesley Yore. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, Wesley yeah, Yore. Yeah, he was, he was at the time. Yeah, he yeah. was very much a, a, a Brady type of guy. Yeah, yeah that was that it. Brady I, look about him. Yes. Yeah, I used to watch the show and that corny song. You remember? Met the greatest earthquake ever known. Song. <laughs> I like that song. <laughs> All right. You want to talk about great theme songs? Uh, HR Puff and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where, where they don't ever have to actually have an episode that sets up the whole world because the song tells you every single week how yes. this whole thing unfolds and how it all exactly. got started. Exactly. Got and that brings up all those weird ass puppety kind of like people in, in big weird costume yes. shows that um, yep. Sid and Marty Croft used to do Lidsville yes. uh -huh. and the Bugaloos and Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Yep. I loved those shows yes. so much. Those are my childhood right there. That's I did too. I, I have a friend who's about, I guess about 10 years younger than me recently. She didn't watch TV growing up period. So she just, she messed up that a lot of people would have caught. And recently we were having this conversation, Alan, I was telling her about H.R. Puff and stuff. And I was telling her that Sid and Marty Croft were basically promoting, you know, marijuana use and stuff, even though they denied it. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I, it was one of those where I just assumed she knew. So I went online and I took a screenshot of H.R. Puff and stuff, Lidsville, Sigmund and the Sea Monster, the Bugaloos and the Banana Splits. Oh, God. And five minutes good. later, she's like, are, are you serious? Yeah. yeah. She goes, this was real? Yes. <laughs> 
She goes, you watch this? Yes. Every Saturday <laughs> without fail. Oh, my God. I was obsessed with yeah. that shows. All right. Let me yeah. get a bunch of comments. I could, we got a stack of them again. Awesome. Uh, let me see. Oh, so I just want to say real quick. There was a big debate in my school about Star Trek versus Lost in Space. And I was like the only Lost in Space guy. Everybody else was Star Trek. <laughs> Funny how that turned out. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we used to watch Lost in Space on Sunday mornings, but my. Oh, okay. I got that one. I watched sci fi before I got into Star Trek. My interest in Star Trek inspired me to read the classic sci fi novels such as Foundation and Dune. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Oh, yes. Okay. Elaine says, I didn't watch a lot of sci-fi TV shows, but there were a couple of movies that were my favorites and I would watch all the time. Explorers and Flight of the Navigator. Yes. I've seen neither movie. I, I, I had either. both on tape when I was a kid and those are great movies. Yeah. I, yeah. I hear good things. You know, my earliest memories are like I was tiny and I was watching these old like 50s and early 60s sci-fi movies that you know like you talk about the b movies these might have been yes. c they're great and, and i they are yeah i love them. and i still love them to this day but at the time they just filled me with so much like imagination and stuff they just fired yeah. my synapses you know mm-hmm. and i remember the first time i ever got told that we uh, as far as we were aware there was no other planet or galaxy in the universe that had that was capable of life Oh, well, that can't be true. Oh, I think there <laughs> is. <laughs> obviously exist. I mean, yeah, that's stupid. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Michael Phillips, whose name is, again, not displaying on StreamYard for some weird reason. I love Space 1999. I have all the Blu-rays and still watch it periodically. I just got through watching a bunch of them with the Italian soundtracks. Wow. Wow. Oh, okay. Nice. They just did a new, like, really nice remaster of Space 1999. I don't have those new Blu-rays yet, but they no, look me great. Neither. Oh, they do? Okay, I gotta get that. There's been a project for years of um, different people who all have sort of the same idea, and all, well, I say all, both, using the title Space 2099, where they want mm-hmm. to make this show, like, remake the original episodes with updated effects and better editing and right. remaster them for Blu-ray and basically set them into a, a time frame that it could still happen rather than it being, you know, right. old news that didn't happen. Yeah. One thing, one thing Space 1999 did I like, and I love shows that do it, and you don't, you don't do it as much nowadays, Mission Impossible did it as well, was at the beginning they showed you scenes from the upcoming episode while the music oh, yeah. played. And I used yeah. to love that. I love I, that. I love I that. Like, this episode, this episode. And you're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and your that was the way new before Mouse before spoilers became so bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Matt Whitman says, Disney sci-fi deep dive, Escape to Witch Mountain. <laughs> Maybe that ain't no deep dive, man. That was everywhere when I was little. Yeah. God, I, I love one. that movie. Mm-hmm. And this is a, 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 a different Disney, but slightly different from this one. Bed knobs and broomsticks. I love that one. I love that one. That's a good I, one. When, too. when Disney Plus first went live and I, I signed up immediately, that was the first thing that I watched. And <laughs> I loved it just as, and I hadn't seen it in 45 years, maybe. I loved it just as much. When they were, it just lost you, Alan. But when they were doing the new Mary Poppins, 
and I kept teasing Veronica because I, I, I really love blood knobs and broomsticks more than a Mary Poppins. Oh, but I kept asking her if Angela Lansbury is going to be in it, and she kept rolling her eyes at me, and then she was in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's freaking awesome. Tony Bauer says, speaking of Space 1999, how about Jerry Anderson's UFO? Yes. Absolutely. Every Absolutely, Jerry Anderson dude. show I love. Yeah, but I always call it UFO because they always call them UFOs yep. on the Very show. True. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> UFO came on in a, on a local station, Channel 11, I mentioned earlier in Texas when I was a kid on, again, Sundays. Sunday was great. And UFO is a very serious show. I mean, there was one episode yeah. about a, there was one episode where somehow the group Shadow, which I loved, loved the name. Yeah. Somehow the group Shadow ran afoul of a, of a woman who was trying to kill her husband and somehow an alien got involved. There was one episode that was, inc- what was it was very, not controversial, but it was different for the year. There was one of the women who did the mission control stuff was in love with one of the pilots. The big deal was she was white and he was black. But what happened was, what was wild was, it was really cool when they fought the aliens, the women, mostly it was women back then, they were doing like traffic control for the pilots. And what happened was this lady gave course correction for the black pilot she was in love with instead of a pilot she should have given course correction for. And he ended up crashing to an alien ship and, and getting killed. And then they had to have an inquiry about it. It was just it was strangely wow. mature for the time. It wasn't yeah. just an, you know, it wasn't just an aliens monsters thing. That, that show had a lot of m- adult themes in it. Mm-hmm. Great, great show. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was really clever that their secret base was under a TV studio, mm-hmm. so they could cover all this weird stuff coming in and out. <laughs> yes. weird hours of operation. <laughs> yes, <Pretty> smart. <laughs> yes, and the little you drive a spaceship right out of there. <laughs> and he had that cool car. Remember, he had the cool yeah. car, yeah. <laughs> the gold oh, yeah. wing car. Yeah, I remember that they used to sort of pass off as because they would use a sound effect to make it sound like the windows were automatic and they would just roll down like this. Yes, you could see the the shoulder of the person who was doing the crank. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, let me get. We're we're coming up on an hour, believe it or not. So let me get these last comments and then we'll do like a round robin of stuff that we haven't got to talk about yet. Uh, Kim Swanson says. Since you brought up Lost in Space, the movie, how did y'all feel about the Watchmen TV show? And I, I like it. I, I didn't see it. I never did I get around to watching really it. It was good. Yeah. Excellent. It's excellent. There you go. Dragon's excellent. Domain was scary as hell. That oh, heck the, yes. The troubled spirit virtually traumatized me when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good yeah. episode if you have yeah. scars. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt says that Starlog was his Bible for all these shows. Hundred yeah. percent, man. God, I My, still love mine that. was the Sci-Fi Channel magazine. I had a subscription, and that I I love that magazine. Yeah, it was great. TV Guide. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that too. <laughs> uh, Randolph Grimm says Voyager. I'm sorry, Voyager. I started it back into my my Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> Voyager to the bottom of the sea, land of the giants, time tunnel. All are on me TV on Saturday night. They uh, are that's great. Some fun watching let me tell you yes and don't forget a little series that was only on for maybe one year or two but became it was actually very influential called the invaders yep. yeah that yeah. was one about a an architect who one night is driving out and sees a flying saucer and comes to realize that aliens live among us and basically spends the entire series running around trying to tell people that they're aliens and they're always trying to chase them and kill them that was a good show the aliens had this really weird device that they could disintegrate people so and that was actually really cool back in the day to see them fire this beam and disintegrate people it's a great series <laughs> worth watching <laughs> yeah yeah 
Elaine says, no love for the Enterprise theme song. We're not talking about Trek tonight. Random. <laughs> totally random. But I'll say, I don't mind that song at all. Yeah. yeah. I'm, saying I like it. I'm saying I don't mind it. I don't either. Uh, Kim says, I'm always amazed that I didn't grow up or become a drug <laughs> user from watching <laughs> Right? Oh, My daughter's man. big into Harry Potter, and I always tell her that I'm house puffing stuff just to get on her nerves. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And by big into Harry Potter, he means that other people like Harry Potter, and she's barely read it or seen it. Okay. <laughs> okay, ditto. Matt says, Jerry Anderson was a whole nother rabbit hole, like Harryhausen. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook user says, it's been a long road, Elaine. <laughs> 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 Which she responds, getting from there to here. <laughs> Kim brings up, oh, sorry. There it is. Kim brings up Aeon Flux. Yeah. What's oh, yeah, I remember that. I only watched a little bit. I never really got into it. Was that back in the days when MTV was doing that and then that other one called the Mac? And some others. Do you remember the Mac? I remember, that, I remember Aeon I remember Flux. That. I don't remember the Mac. I don't remember the, the Mac. The Mac was, was that. MTV. Yeah, it was that giant purple dude with the big spikes that came out of his his uh, wrists? Okay, interesting. I don't know. Yeah, about that. yeah. Look up the Mac. Okay. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, and, and Alan, one quick comment. Mentioned ago, you mentioned kind of like your earliest memories and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the first thing I remember seeing, I think I, I remember seeing, was at the movies. I was four years old. It's not science fiction, but it's horror, and it got into it. Actually, my dad took me to see Destroy All Monsters. Okay. Oh so my god! I remember I that. that movie so much. Yes, but he also the first movie my dad took me to see when I was four years old was Night of the Living Dead. Wow! What? Wow! Yes, I was four. One of my oh brothers my was ten, and I don't know. Dad didn't know, but I remember watching that movie. And to this day, I remember there's a there's a scene. Sorry for offend people. There's a scene where this young couple is trying to get away, and they crash, and their truck catches on fire, and the zombies go toward them, and you pretty much hear the zombies slurping. It's like. Mm. <laughs> And maybe because I was four, it didn't bother me. But my, yeah. what, my one of my brothers who was 10 was mm. so traumatized that they ended up having to go, take him to the doctor. And he got sleeping pills because he was screaming because he kept oh seeing goodness. the zombies. And then there's a whole scene with a little girl with a trial that goes after her mother. Now, I'm four years old yeah. seeing all this and it didn't bother me. But to this day, I can't talk about that with my brother because he doesn't want to remember <laughs> oh. that. Yeah, wow. I started laughing at that story, Keith. You got halfway through it, and then I was like in the middle of a laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. For and your, your and your mother never let your father take you kids to the movies ever again. My mom never went to the movie, so she didn't know what dad was taking us to see. <laughs> she saw the result of it. <laughs> yeah, well, that one, yeah. And then, I, and then I think it was destroy all monsters. And another one, I have to. It's kind of horror, but if you guys, if you've never seen it, you've got to see this movie called War of the Gargantuans. Yep. Oh yeah, you seen that? Oh, oh yeah. my gosh, that's so good. That's yeah. so good. <laughs> okay, Creepy. couple more. Super, super quick. Uh, Facebook user says, "What are the most iconic title sequences for you folks?" Twilight, as Zone. in music. Twilight Zone uh, it's title sequence, so music and visual. <sighs> Mission Impossible. Ooh, that's a good and, one. And and Alan, uh, Alan, you may remember this. I gotta say, the third season of Lost in Space because they change their opening theme every year. Yeah, and the no, third the theme, season, the, the theme stayed theme. the song for the first two seasons, 
Right. But the, the titles changed. Yeah, I remember the third season and, was cool. The third season would, would have this really exciting prologue, and they'd freeze, yep. and then they would count down. I seven, love that. Six. Yes. Oh, awesome man, music. That. It yes. was great. That would get your heart pumping every yes. week. Oh. Every time. <laughs> Holy shoot, I love that so much. And um, I hate to admit it, but Knight Rider, when I was younger, <laughs> I, I did like it. Knight Rider's good. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I don't know if y'all, uh, Keith won't know this one. Y'all might. Um, and some of the, some of the viewers will the most iconic title sequence ever for being horrible. K9 okay. and company. <laughs> Is that a doctor who thing? It's a doctor yes. who spinoff and it's terrible. They yeah. actually did K9 and company. Yep. Yep. Well, well one wow. time and then it didn't get yeah. picked up for series. Anyway, we'll save that wow. for another episode. Right. Wow. Um, Kim says, yeah, it was a comic book series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, did, I didn't know this. Michael Phillips says, oh, here's an odd duck, Space Giants. Anyone remember that? Is I that don't. a cartoon one? Is that a cartoon one? No, I don't know okay. that. He can't answer us in real time. That's true. I was waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I don't. I've never even heard of that, at least. I don't and know that. Tony Bauer says, the puppeteers didn't mention pigs in space. <laughs> No, you're right. I didn't go into the Jerry Anderson shows either. That's true. Yeah. That's true. We should. But we should have. Yeah. Jerry Anderson's puppets make uh creep me out when I was a kid. Yeah, you know what? My daughter, she would I would watch her watch Universal Horror, um mm -hmm. Noah Godzilla movie. Mm -hmm. She would watch any old like horror movie I would show her, but she would not watch Thunderbirds. She said Thunderbirds is scary, out. she will not watch it. Wow. I can't watch and it. She to lives this day. in a house where there's tons of puppets. <laughs> I got puppets everywhere around here. <laughs> they creep me out to this day, Charles. I, they, 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 there's certain puppets that just, they creep me out. Yeah. So I don't watch them to this day. Uh, wow. I couldn't have one of those in the house, which is weird. All right. So, so really quickly, we're at exactly an hour. So mm -hmm. what are some of the things that we, that you guys love that we haven't talked about yet? Can you think of anything that's worth uh, a quick mention? Hang on. Yeah, I, Here, hang on. Explanation. Okay. Um, Space Giants was live action 1960s Japanese series about a family that can turn into robots and fought aliens that melted into green slime. Okay. Well, that sounds amazing, and I want to see ah, it now. Never heard of this one. No, that, I know of Johnny Sacco and his flying robot, but I don't right. know Space Giants. So that, I'll yeah. have to look for that one. All right. So, okay. what are some of the things that y'all. So, this is sci fi adjacent to a point, but Sailor Moon. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They go in space and stuff, don't they? Yeah. yeah She's from the that moon. Counts. They're from different planets. Yeah. Right. They're the princesses of the various planets. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say um, sliders. Okay. I didn't really oh. get to go into sliders, but man, I was in love with sliders. Yeah. Up to including season four and then the cutoff of season five. <laughs> yeah. Didn't yeah. it start getting weird when the Cro Mag came in and all that kind of stuff and the cast yeah, but, got changed a well, lot? That happened, yes, but I still love season four, even though it went super campy when it went to sci fi. Yeah. But, Season yeah. five is where it just went off the rails. Yes. Yeah. The sliders is so much fun. Yeah. It still comes on a lot late night. You can catch it all the time. Oh, Elaine's got a good one. Quantum Leap. I yep. was obsessed with Quantum Leap. <laughs> I, I, I used to draw Quantum Leap comics and I like in my notebooks at school. Mm -hmm. And then like sixth grade, I just pretended like I was Sam Beckett and I leaped into a sixth grader and <laughs> <laughs> I would talk to Al. <laughs> That's so awesome. I was I, way into Quantum Leap. I did the same thing with Lost in Space, though. I would draw my own Lost in Space comics. That's awesome. Like, I, would, I had, like, a big 
thick, like 300-page notebook, and I would fill that whole thing with a long story. I drew every page obsessed. I wish I still had those. Me too. I did too, Alan. I used to draw pictures of the Jupiter 2, and I even drew yes. a schematic of the uh, of the engines, which I was positive would work because they used ion power. Yeah. And I literally, I, I was seven, and literally, not lying, in the back of the ship, I had a tank of water. And I had a mechanical arm that dropped bars of cesium into it, which can ionize. And I had a big battery attached to it. And the battery was <laughs> going to push the ions out the back of the ship. And I literally was showing my brothers, like, look, I figured out how the Jupiter 2 could fly. Wow. <laughs> I, I believe you, Keith. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After talking to you for a year and a half, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, for, for me, real quick. This is kind of cliche, but I got to say the triumvirate that really made me love science fiction were three movies and they're classic oh, movies, yeah. which would be uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still yeah. mm -hmm. and Intelligent Sci-Fi yes. um, and Classic Sci-Fi, The War of the Worlds. Yeah. Still my favorite version, the one with a guy by the name of George Powell, who was famous yes. for what we'll call Puppetoons. Fun, different from the book, but phenomenal effects as far as I'm concerned, still hold up today. A hundred percent. Absolutely. 100%. And then the one that is most Trek-like is Forbidden Planet. You know, like they say, enough said. I mean, yeah, just an yeah. amazing show. Introduced yeah. Robbie the Robot. Um, still has the special effects are dated, but still holds up. And Star Trek-like themes because it was based on the Shakespeare play, The Tempest. That's right. Um, Monster Somebody Id. And I'll throw the time machine in there, too. So yes. You George oh, yes. I love yeah, that. I love the time machine. The Morlocks. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, as much as there's great stuff that's been coming out ever since Star Wars, great stuff. Yep. And I would put Star Wars in the same category as those ones right. that we just mentioned. There's just right. nothing like those movies that came right. out in the 60s, early 70s. Oh, my God. There's just something <laughs> really magical about those yeah. that yeah. never get old. You know, I think one of the things going on I've noticed recently, I know we got to wrap up, is... I was talking to somebody recently about a bunch of science fiction movies, and they were talking about, well, this science fiction movie is that good, not that good. And they hated John Carter. The, the, that was a flaw. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I said, such a good movie. And then today, Cowboys and Aliens was on, and it was deemed a flop. Right. But you know what I think, guys, right. is I think a lot of times now in this era of big franchises, I think people have forgotten to, they've lost the ability to enjoy a B movie. A yeah. good sci-fi yeah. B movie. That's all I had growing up. Right. Or or one standalone movie. Right. Yeah. right. Right. I think you're right. I I absolutely agree with you. Mm -hmm. That's why we can go two hours talking about all these great science fiction movies and shows. Well, we right. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt jumps in with another one of my absolute favorite movies I've ever seen in my life, Logan's Run. Yes. Oh, my God. I love that movie. So, and I did watch the, the series. I don't remember it very well because I've not rewatched it since then, but I did Same watch here. it like on broadcast that yeah. one and the planet of the apes series, which I love yeah. both of them, mm -hmm. but they were very different because like Logan's run had the Android called rim mm -hmm. and uh, the characters were a little different, but you know, it was hovercraft was super cool. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. And the movie Logan's run had Farrah Fawcett in an early role. Yeah, and, and, and uh -huh. Jenny Agutter in one of her yeah, first Jenny, roles. I, yes. I, remember, I remember Jenny yes. Agutter. More than <laughs> yeah. Fawcett. Right. And, and one quick fun fact. If you remember the very end of Logan's Run where all the young kids came out and they saw the old man and they were all freaking out about him. Yeah. And he uh -huh. was they were in this really they were in this awesome uh structure with all this water. 
That was that was filmed three miles from my house in Fort Worth. That was the Fort oh, Worth wow. Water Gardens. Oh wow! Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and people used to go there all the time, and it was beautiful. Then they shut down; oh. somebody drowned. But oh. <laughs> that's that was filmed. One person spoils it for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Keith, all your stories are starting off dark. Are starting off fun and going dark. <laughs> I know, right? It's because oh, my dad it. took me to see Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> Speaking of oh. dad, you just see inappropriate stuff. My dad, when I was about 10, and I'm the oldest, like my youngest sister would have been four at the time, and my next one would have been like seven. He sat us down. And we watched Rocky Horror. <laughs> okay. Oh, really? <laughs> and I remember thinking as I'm watching this, as we got a little further in, I'm like, this is not a movie I should be watching. <laughs> nice. Did, you throw toast? A lot. Did you throw toast at the television? No, no. I didn't learn about any of that until much, much later. All but, right. Yeah. I remember my first time seeing it in the theater and I was like, I don't understand what the hell is going on. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. two more quick mentions. Soylent Green. Oh, classic. Omega Man. Omega classic, classic. Another. Yeah. That's like classic. what there's what been three movie versions of that story, right? Yeah. The yeah. Omega Man. Yeah. At least yeah. Vincent Pr- Price was in one, which I think was called The Last Man on Earth. Right. Charlton Heston was in the Omega Man. And then Will Smith did I Am Legend. I Am right. Legend. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But Omega like- Man is by far my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Another good one. All right. We got to wrap it up or we'll just be here forever. Absolutely. Um, So, oh, uh, Chuck, you take it away. Okay. Well, I was (laughs) going to say, now you guys this week uh, did the Earth Station One podcast. Yes. I did. Awesome. We should be looking forward to that coming out soon. You guys were talking about Strange New Worlds. Mm -hmm. So um, tune into the Earth Station One podcast. You can also find Veronica on the most recently released episode of Earth Station Who, where she was talking about the Dominators. Yep. And then you guys remember last week when I was trying to, I was like, is it Seeds of Doom or Seeds of Death that I'm going to be talking about on Earth Station Who? Yeah, you decided it was Doom. Right, but it's the Leisure Hive. So, completely <laughs> 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 different. That was one of those, I got off the podcast and I was like, what did I say? <laughs> wow. In my defense, I had to go back and forth with them like oh, that's over the 30 episodes trying to find one to talk about. So I'll be talking about the Leisure Hive coming up soon. All on right. Earth Station Who. Well, and then I'm we've so got, sorry. <laughs> and then we've got um, more of these coming out. We've got some special podcasts with some guests coming up that um, we're we're looking forward to. And so watch the feed and keep an eye out. You know, if you enjoy these live shows, you know, join them, share them. Um, you know, it's it helps us a lot to get people involved, and it's fun. I mean, yeah. I I really like getting everybody involved and hearing everybody's thoughts. And oh yeah, you, you guys are throwing out great suggestions and oh, great comments. Gosh. So and yeah. this time we got uh, comments from. Facebook and from our YouTube channel. So awesome. at least awesome. at least Tony was watching it live on our YouTube channel. So thank you, Tony, for you know uh, demonstrating to us that our YouTube feed works. Works, <laughs> right? Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, thank yep. you everybody for your comments. The, mm-hmm. These were super, super great. Right. And, this and was such have... a fun episode. Let's do it again next week. Absolutely. <laughs> and if and if you listeners, you have ideas what you'd like us to do show if you have a yep, live yes. show topic or a track yes. topic throw them at us we'll do we'll do everything we'll even do in the children shall lead if you ask for it we got no standards <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll do I'll an even... entire episode about animorphs no we don't <laughs> <laughs> i will talk i will seriously do that if anyone wants me to do that okay okay that's cool um and send us a question of the week yes some quick short pithy 
relevant or irrelevant, <laughs> reverent or irreverent question that we can answer <laughs> at the end of each one of our episodes. Yeah. Okay. All right, Alan, where can people find more of you? Well, in addition to Earth Station Trek, I have a podcast on the uh, ESO network called Modern Musicology, and it is about all sorts of music topics. And we've got a couple of great shows coming up in the next two weeks. Uh, the first one is um, It Should Have Been a Single, so songs that were never released as singles but should have been. Mm -hmm. And the one after that is Killer B-Sides. So when songs did get released as singles and they had like a unique song that never appeared anywhere else as a B-side, and it's a lot of times better than what ended up on the album, those right. are the ones we're going to talk about. So good topics coming up. And how about you, Keith? Standard social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, kind of, sort of. <laughs> and how about us, Veronica? Beltnerdy.com. And monkeying, monkeying around. around a podcast about the monkeys. <laughs> hey, good job, Veronica. <laughs> I'm sorry, Veronica. Veronica, you do it because you were supposed to. I was trying to say it exactly the same time you did. Yeah, so you do it again. I couldn't do that. Monkeying around a podcast about the monkeys. Yay. I think she still does it better, Alan. Sorry. I, I don't know. I mean, well, it's it's her podcast. She's practiced at it. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm just an interloper. <laughs> and if you're going to Dragon Con, check out the Felt Nerdy page and give that a like because we got a lot of announcements coming up. We're doing four shows of our own at Dragon mm. Con, and wow. then we're also going to be in the Late Night Puppet Slam. We're also helping with a children's craft hour in the Brit Track. We're also, I think, we're on a panel. We're we're busy all weekend, so we're going to yeah. have a lot of announcements coming up and some shows coming up. And um, we actually have booked a show in the Atlanta area that's outside of a convention that we're going to be performing at a children's theater. So we'll have all that stuff coming up soon. So if you uh, are interested in nerdy stuff or puppets, like the Felt Nerdy Facebook page. And then Veronica, do you have a closing for us this week? Space, the final frontier. Hey, okay. This is on the episode that we didn't talk about Star Trek, but that's fine. <laughs> you have to get the Trek angle in there somehow. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.